going on social Hello. media? So we're on episode 84 of Bottoms Up Perspective. And I got my co-host Eldrick and Jeremy C. And we will continue to talk about SME and marketing. But today we got a special guest, um, Shell, and she's from here in Chicago. But she used to be in Kansas City. Um, she also ran a digital marketing agency here in KC as well. It's called Westland Co. So um, I'm excited to have her because um, her and I probably experienced similar challenges when it comes to marketing. Because in the world of marketing, there's so much misconceptions. Because people think marketing today, especially in the digital world, is the be-all. So um, I'm going to bring her up. Hey. Hi, Xiao. Good evening and good morning. Morning. On the other side of the <laughs> Hello. world. Yep. Not that far. Not that far. Not that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to tell a little bit about yourself, uh, Xiao? Yeah, feel free. Introduce to yourself to the audience. Yourself. So I'm originally from Shanghai. Uh, I stayed in Kansas City for about seven years. Ran my little agency called the Western Co. Uh, we do full stack digital marketing with a heavy focus on content and storytelling. Then my real, real job, as I always say, is an artist, which is why this year, kind of on a whim, I just kind of, you know what, I'm going to move to Chicago because it's more vibrant for art and it's also a lot more exciting when it comes to digital marketing. So I just moved. <laughs> cool. You, is it uh, more you... vibrant for art? Yeah, when I Chicago. was at Chicago Marathon, I, I didn't see anything apart from runners running. You know? <laughs> I didn't see any art. Or... I'm sorry. The marathon was too cold this year, if you ask me. <laughs> All right, guys, you guys keep talking. So we're as part of streaming, right? You always run into surprise technical issues. For some reason, LinkedIn is having an issue. So I'm going to remove the LinkedIn feed and people are saying they can't get on. So I'm gonna try to mm. add it back. So yeah. you guys just keep talking about <laughs> Chicago, Singapore, Shanghai. <laughs> Shanghai. Yep. Yes. All right. I'm gonna work do, do on this. Do you still real quick. speak Chinese? Yeah, I speak Chinese. Shanghainese. And Shanghainese. I grew up yeah. in China. I only came here to the states when I was like twenty. So. I I I, I actually stayed in um, Shanghai for seven years, but I could not understand speak Chinese. I can't speak. I can't speak. But I, I did pick up uh, Cantonese instead in, in China <laughs> because of my because of my colleagues from Hong Kong and, and my that boss and so all funny. that. So <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, in, in Shanghai didn't learn Shanghainese but learned Cantonese. Yeah. Can you understand Shanghainese or not at all? Uh, when I get probably when I get scolded I understand. <laughs> <laughs> the first Audrey, thing you learn <laughs> Audrey, where are you based? Because I see you shake your head too. No, no, I'm uh, I'm based in Singapore. Uh, okay. I've done I've done work in Shanghai before. Okay. So the the Shanghainese thing didn't bother me that much, but the the speed of which the words just fly past my face is the you know, you know when, when people speak very quickly, uh, they still take pauses. So you yeah. you can have a very long sentence with multiple commas, mm -hmm. but the uh, Shanghainese is like. All the words are no Shanghainese will just like a water tap you turn on and it'll uh, keep... uh, as 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 one of my colleagues used to tell me an ex colleague thing. Chamba zaiti, nian zaiti, nian ah nian. Sticky. So the two nian zaiti. All the words are sticky. So so it's one cluster, one cluster, one cluster, one cluster. That was like, I'm sorry. I know you're frustrated, but I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. So maybe you want to just. <laughs> And and when I do that, they get even more annoyed. I was like, so bad. Send me an email. It's okay. Send me an email. I, I read for myself. And so, and the email uh, and the email is one chunk of text because they stick together. Oh one, my one god. Par one paragraph is one sentence. From uh, yeah. from Asian clients in general. I've got a block email is what I call it. A block email. And uh, some of these blob. email senders, you know, they'll turn off the auto line thing, so you'll get a long string across. <laughs> well, at least you know that they are uh, native uh, Asians or Chinese, right? I mean, uh, put it that way. So, so I, 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 I do have uh, experiences working in Shanghai. 
Yeah. Uh, so I understand the the sense of uh, uh, nose up. I've seen that before, <laughs> like literally, like I'm like ah. Oh. But it was not directed uh, towards me, you know. It's directed towards people from Beijing, and they are like, ah, oh, you know, the people oh from God. the northern village, like, north huh? and the south, yeah. northern yeah. northern village. <laughs> where are you referring to? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, that's kind of transparent. But that was in the um, the when was early that? 2000s. Early 2010s. Okay. Early 2010s. Okay. And then uh, it's it's how do I describe this sentiment? It's like. We are on top of the the mm-hmm. rest of the. So I, I'm not gonna comment on that, but you you can sense the. Uh, you know the way ancient Chinese talk. Uh, is either I respect my peers, I respect on top, or when I talk down at you, you know when you, when you say Yu and then you're below yeah. me, you're like, I don't have to say Yu, you have to say it to me. Yeah. Whoa, I felt like I was back in the. You know, when I read Lun with the kind of things like, oh, it's, uh... <laughs> and he talked down to uh, the people. Like, uh, there was one encounter. We came together. It's like a little UN, Asian UN. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then there was a Taiwanese in the group. I was like, oh. After a while, it was so painful. I spoke to him. I was like, if I'm you, I wouldn't have come. I would have gone home. <laughs> no, we are all colleagues in the same company. Yeah, we, we we flew into Shanghai because we wanted to get a deal, but we had the expertise. Yeah, and we are spread all over, and and it was there that I realized yeah. that oh, the 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 Shanghainese worldview. But that was then. Yeah. So it's like yeah. how they see the northern villagers and the uh, the islanders and the oh people who's in the south. And I'm like, wow. We're from the south. We're from wow. the south. Singapore yeah. is way down south. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh, this one from the south, like the skin is so dark. It's like, oh, is this oh discrimination? God. No, right? It's just a. <laughs> so, after that five days, say, after that five days, I just had to take a break for like one week or so. I was like, okay, I, 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 I need to hey, seven stop. years, yeah, seven years, yeah, know, seven yeah, years yeah. in Shanghai. <laughs> seven. Seven is a long time. Oh, yeah. And and two two years before that was in the northern village Beijing, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so good. Is imagine. that saying is that saying still very common? Like the, I don't think so now. I don't think so now. But uh, put it this way, yeah. Now, no offense, yeah. Uh, but I think uh, Shanghainese are very proud um, and do uh, consider themselves uh, the elite of China. So yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh no. Even even within the Shanghai circle, like Kelly City actually has a Shanghainese networking group. If you guys don't know. Right. Oh really? <laughs> And I can't even, I'm on their WeChat group for a while and I have to even turn it off, mute it to take a break. And I was like, you are horrible. I just can't sit there and watch that chat history. (laughs) Kevin, we're back on. I'm back on, so we're good. We're on on LinkedIn, so. um, All right, let me do some sharing. We we go back, go back to the proper topic. I shot all the links out to the right places, so it should be all good, so. Yeah, yep, it's here. It's yep. here. I'm going to so share. So let's talk a little about, you know, marketing. And when it comes to marketing misconceptions, um, tell us about your experience, Shao, when you were in the early stages of, you know, getting your digital agency up and mm-hmm. going. I know you and I, you came to my agency and we met up. And yep. um, um, love to hear about your journey. And um, what are some of the top, let's say top three misconceptions and I want to hear from you, yep. and then us three will kind of dive in. I think that especially when you first start, you're you know talking with a lot of smaller businesses who are already frustrated and who probably had bad experience previously. You cannot blame them. But the biggest misconception is at least 80% of the prospects I spoke with back then would have the attitude of, we know enough to make you feel intimidated. We know enough to be dangerous to you. Trust me, if you're not a marketing professional, you definitely do not know enough to make any of us here on this live channel to feel dangerous. And that that mindset is the biggest misconception because they're coming to you with an argumentative attitude. Mm. Like, what you say is wrong. What I have read on the internet is correct, which, well, we know how that goes, right? Yeah, and... that's that's because your clients were from Shanghai. No, that's not okay. Sorry, guys. That's sorry. That's, that, that's, that's the group. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. 
That's the only Westerners, man. <laughs> and Just I think the, yeah, the second misconception is definitely, you know, we know how easily people go viral on social media nowadays, which created the misconception of, oh, it's going to be quick, especially with social media marketing. The first thing people think about is, I'm going to start posting and we're going to start getting sales through. I'm like, okay, first of all, that's, that shouldn't even be your goal. You know, that's like, if that's what you want, you should hire a salesperson. <laughs> <laughs> you like, save more money. Exactly. Like, hire Eldrick. <laughs> I have a different way of thinking of uh, social media marketing these days, but but please carry on first. I'll yeah. articulate yeah. No, and, you know, personally, I get plenty of leads off my social media. I just don't approach it with that, you know. Oh, I'm going to post. I'm going to get people in. And I think the third biggest misconception is marketing is a, it can have short-term effect, but overall it is a long-term investment. So if someone is going to do a short blast campaign, that is going to work. But on a strategic level, if you only invest on your marketing three out of 12 months of the year and you expect it to take off, that's probably not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. I think that's yep. my top three. That's really I'll good. I'll go next, right? I'll go next, right? Go ahead, yeah. Jeremy. Well, well, <laughs> now we go dive in, right? So yeah. on those three, you know, from our oh, guests okay, sure. tonight. Let's so go. So let's, let's dive go. in. Number one, right? The when the client approaches, and this can be a client when it comes to an SME small business owner, but it can also be the executives, right? You know, if you're working at a corporate level, it can be your bosses. Because I remember when I was a marketing director, I experienced a lot of pushback and misunderstanding um, in the C-level because they think they know marketing, but these guy dudes are sitting around, they're 50, 60-year-olds, 65-year-olds, mm -hmm. and some of them don't even know how to work their mobile phone, you know, and they're yeah. telling, you know, they're telling me, hey, this is how social media is supposed to look, and I was, and the last time they log into anything was maybe MySpace, right? <laughs> At least they didn't tell you to keep setting out postcards and stuff yeah. envelopes. Yeah. So, so this is real. Um, the misconception, a lot of business owners, executive levels, mm -hmm. everything on the internet is real, right? Yeah. So they watch stuff, they um, read stuff. And they, they read, uh, you know, uh, Gary V, whoever, <laughs> Neil Patel, and they take it as like, these are factual yep. and they forget like the marketing journey looks different for every person uh -huh. and every corporation exactly. and people who do marketing, they understand uh, the way we market Eldrick's going to be different than marketing journey because uh -huh. they both have different attributes. They have both have different strengths. Mm -hmm. um, different values, right? Things they care about. So when you look into an organization, it's the same thing. Yeah. My digital agency is very different probably than Westland because her and I probably have maybe similar values, but there are things that are different and exactly. we're different people. Yep. So the biggest misconception I think is we read things off the internet of someone that's successful. Mm -hmm. We don't know if they're successful or not. You Especially know. with today's social media and what's put front as a presentation. There's no way you can tell. Yeah. And a lot of times these people are also selling their service product, their brand. Yep. And then these people buy it as, hey, this is the truth. <laughs> Therefore, I want to do social media exactly like he or her mm -hmm. or run digital marketing the same way. And it leads you into a rabbit hole where you're just throwing away money. Exactly. So that's, um, you know, that's my take. I'll, I'll pass it to Jeremy because I know he was getting ready yeah. to talk. Yep. Yeah, I, I think what, what Xiao essentially mentioned is, uh, you know, what I think is the three biggest misconceptions where digital marketing is concerned, okay? Well, social is part of it, so digital marketing. So I always tell people, um, I think the biggest misconception people think of um, digital marketing, it, it is uh, number one, cheap, uh -huh. number two, fast, uh -huh. and number three, easy mm -hmm. right that's kind of like what you mentioned right Xiao? Um, yep. people tell you i'm dangerous i know that so it's easy right yeah? on and, and and it's very fast yeah because we go viral tomorrow and boom you know we, we get lots of sales yeah and cheap yeah funny you mentioned left. the word investment yeah Wait, funny you mentioned the word investment just swipe left these are immature <laughs> ones i'm not interested 
Disconnect. So, disconnect, right? Disconnect. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Investment is the keyword. Investment is the keyword. Uh, yeah. Probably one of the other biggest, biggest, biggest uh, uh, misconception about marketing as a whole is that marketing is an expense. Um, people see it as a nest people meaning corporations, businesses. Mm -hmm. See it as a necessary. Jeremy, before evil. you continue, do yeah. you want to just qualify your role and what you do before you say this? Because Oops. I think so that people can so, understand the context. <laughs> oh, so that I'm a, in an expert position. I don't want to do that because in case I I, I say something stupid and people <laughs> say your role. Just say your role. I, I devalue his boss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I say your role. Your role is <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, thanks for that, uh, Aldrich. Uh, I I've been in I've been in uh, marketing role my entire career as you know pure pure marketing role. Uh, you call that sometimes Marcom generalist marketing. My 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 background education wise is um is Marcom, and uh, I I did a little bit of uh, retail. It was my first job three months, and then um, I had about eight months experience in uh -huh. advertising agency as an account executive. And uh, after that, I left and became, you know, what agencies call the client side, uh, joined an MNC and uh, did marketing uh, from the ground up. Lah. So I, I hope I do think I know what I'm saying in terms of marketing and misconceptions because I've been guilty of that as well. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of like relating my position, what I do day to day to back and, up what I just And just, just say, really lah. fast too, I think yeah. is unique, right, with Jeremy. Mm -hmm. um, just like he shared earlier, he was also in um, China, um, Beijing, and Shanghai, and now he works for a company that's in the U.S. Right, mm -hmm. so that basically it gives right. him a wide variety because there's a lot of marketers out there, right? But there's a lot of U.S. centric marketers, mm -hmm. yep. and you gotta remember every culture is different. And um, exactly. when it comes to the East and the West, the way you market yourself is different. Mm -hmm. So with Jeremy, he does have some unique experiences mm -hmm. that he can give some insight into what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yep. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So yeah, so back to what I was saying, uh, no, it's not fast, no, it's not, not easy, and no, it's not cheap. Um, I just want to touch on the cheap part because um, people think that if they have a budget for, uh, say, digital marketing, and uh, the amount may be huge for them and they think that it will work magic like it will bring like many folds of what is invested um just because they are on the first mm -hmm. time they dump in an investment to do digital marketing they think that they're going to make many folds back doesn't happen if you mm -hmm. if you have never been doing it in fact it's a long-term game yeah it's a long yeah. it's it's like it's like you've been doing it's like in the past when before there was digital advertising the digital yep. marketing everyone was doing advertising on radio and tv and all these brands that you know say for example right coca-cola yeah they have been on tv before internet was born and all that they've been advertising their brand that's long term exactly. that's long term that if you have not been doing that and suddenly you have this amount of money and you decide to pump it into digital marketing and you think that it's going to bring you uh, profits many times over mm -hmm. not going to happen it does not it does not happen that way yeah I'll leave it at that and uh, see if Audrey has anything to add. Uh, um, quite, a, quite a bit of things that I can comment on. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Whatever that all of, all of you have mentioned, uh, I personally experienced that. So uh, I am a, so to be honest, I, I'm a very practitioner kind of a person. I don't like to just listen. I listen and I think how I can incorporate that I do and I see if the results come to me. I think through uh, my writings on Medium and, and my posts on Twitter and LinkedIn, I think it reflected that. Uh, so all these points that you mentioned, uh, I, I do have my perspective and, and as a result of what I do. Uh, marketing as a cost center, marketing as an expense. Um, mm. Truth be told, uh, if you are in, co in a corporation or you are, in a, you are the marketer in a startup kind of environment, you're going to get it every day. Mm -hmm. mm. Now, uh, as part of my day job, I also meet scores of, um, let's say, event partners, mm. uh, physical event partners, digital yep. event partners, mm -hmm. people coming in, oh, we want to collaborate, uh, we can have some brain, uh, brand liaison work going on, yeah. uh, you know, so that we can tag a logo to a logo. And uh, my, my very first question is, so what? I, I don't discount what you say, but I'm, I'm way beyond it already. I'm like, if, if you cannot tell me 
the second and third level of details in terms of uh-huh. our collaboration and what is likely to come, I'm bored. I mean, like, you, you can say all you want about, oh, uh-huh. you know, we can have collaboration. You can say all you want about this is an investment. But you need if to you, understand if what you want return. to use the word yeah. investment, I want to know what are my returns, regardless of mm. the time frame. Exactly. Yeah. Because in an investment, there's only two things. One, what is my absolute returns in terms of mm-hmm. dollars? And second, what's the velocity of me recouping my uh, mm-hmm. initial capital outlay? Velocity. So let's say uh, the very simple metric would be payout, a payoff, payoff. So you measure payoff uh, by a number of years. Hmm. So let's say the payoff is five years. Okay, what that means is it takes five years for me to recruit my initial mm-hmm. uh, capital outlay, Investment. and then the rest would hmm. be the rest would be pure earnings. Okay, so that's one way of looking at it. If the person that's in front of me cannot explain that while throwing the word investment out, mm-hmm. you lost me completely. I'm like, it's so- it's a traditional traditional pitch, but you do not have the details and the practicality to carry it out. So Eldrick, so it's better if they're selling you on marketing to say instead of investment, marketing is like cryptocurrency. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say it that way. It's just that. It's um, like Dogecoin. <laughs> no, there's, there's, always a, there's always a place, a time and a purpose for marketing. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying... I'm not saying, hey, we don't need this. What I'm trying to say is that when we come together to do business, whether it's freelancer to freelancer, mm-hmm. whether it's a startup to startup, or whether it's a business to business, we have to be very clear of what we are trying to achieve and mm-hmm. what that objective is. Uh, so don't just say things because it sounds right. Yeah. You never know the person in front of you, mm-hmm. whether that guy is an ideas person. Yeah. If you if you can tell that person is an ideas person, let's say Jeremy or or someone who's very conversant, you are likely to pass through. Mm-hmm. There's no problem. I think all of us can can attest to that. But <laughs> if you meet up with a specialist or practitioner, your life is gonna be absolutely miserable because either they are not interested in what you say because they know that. You, mm-hmm. you you are just so so superficial that I mm. can't be bothered with you. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I cannot be bothered with you. Or they will just keep asking you questions knowing that you cannot answer. So um, the misconceptions is one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think to, to really help our audience tonight, it's not about understanding what the misconceptions are. It's about the so what. So if you are in this business, and you are very frustrated because everyone has these misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Then I think the the thing is not to to have your grouses over such misconceptions, but how then can you weave your thoughts and your mm-hmm. counter objections mm-hmm. into your initial pitch? Yeah. So people get it right up front instead of the Q and A or behind. Mm-hmm. Then during the discussion, you are talking about. So, hey, Mr. Prospect, so what does it take? Yeah. What does it take for you and me to progress mm-hmm. from here? So you take the conversation further. Yeah. If, if your Q&A is about addressing misconceptions, I think 90% you're not going to get a deal. Seriously, you're not mm. going to get a deal. So, so take your learning points and go. That's, that's, what I, that's what I think. I actually think Audrey brings up a very good point because when we think about why are we so frustrated with those spammy sales code emails and messages we get all the time? Because yep. that's all they bullshit about. Like anybody <laughs> can tell me this is going to be a worthy combination. But what is my time frame? What am I expecting? What are you actually saying? Because one of my clients I work with right now, we actually handle Jonathan, let's talk. Yeah, media partnership, you know? <laughs> So honestly, when it comes down to building a partnership, whether you're the one offering that partnership or you're trying to get onto someone else's program is you still need to have that sales mindset in the center as in what metrics will I be looking at for how long and what kind of return should I be able to expect, even if it's not monetary return. But the ability to articulate that return on investment is actually very, very critical to anyone in the marketing field as well. It's not just a sales pitch thing. 
just one point. Yeah. Um, just one point of what you mentioned, Xiao. I think for marketing, mm -hmm. uh, while we are establishing a mutual clarity upfront, matrices is one way to do it. I will not spend too much time on it because mm -hmm. by nature, marketing is not very quantitative to begin with. So if you go down that route, it's a slippery slope. Okay. And that slope is a slippery downward slope. You can't mm -hmm. control it at all. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I would say the, the way that I usually approach it is um, a 50-50 of sorts, upper trim, okay? okay? So yes, you have your matrices, uh, but also be very honest upfront that, hey, you know, while we say that these are the matrices, sometimes we may get something outside of these matrices that is beneficial for us. Mm -hmm. So the original ones might not be the ones that really work for your business and the way we run our campaigns. Because marketing, one aspect of it can be experimental. Mm -hmm. You try, right? You experiment. So let's say uh, you get into a webinar, you host a webinar. Your intent might be to get uh, emails. Your intent might be to spread your brand awareness, right? But what if you don't get any email addresses, but in turn, you get a lot of LinkedIn connections? Mm -hmm. It's not in your original matrices, but you score somewhere else, right? So you know during that experiment, you have done something right on something that was unexpected. So this to me has to be a, a, a conversation that is a continuous improvement. So whenever I speak to uh, the vendors in my day job or when I speak to, let's say, fellow freelancers, we are like, we, we just have to be very clear to our clients that continuous improvement and open-mindedness is very important. We mm -hmm. might lose on the agreed metrics, but we may gain something else. Mm. Let's face it, even if you don't get emails, but you get a lot of LinkedIn connections with DM saying, I appreciate what you do, Contextualize, uh, not written by bots. Uh, I appreciate what you do. And, and I've, I've also run through your Medium profile. I've seen all your tweets. I appreciate uh, the kind of ideas that you put out. Shall we have a discussion? I'm interested to advance this. Isn't this good as well? Even though it's not a pure and dirty lead, it is. right. So I think uh, it's important not to be ring-fenced by, by the matrices. That's, that's mm. how I think about it. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I recently finished a physical uh, exhibition. I think Kevin knows, Jeremy yep. knows. I'm like, uh, we assumed, or rather the marketing arm assumed that uh, just by doing demonstrations, we are going to have a lot of, uh, you know, um, leads, uh, emails, but, but it's beyond that, right? Because when you're there first, every attendee that comes to your booth, you cannot say no. Regardless whether they are going to give you anything in exchange, right? So it's asymmetric. Then the hmm. next thing is, if you can see that they are interested, why do you still want to continue the demonstration? They are already interested. Analogy. If I walk into a restaurant knowing that I want to eat fish and chips, please do not show me the menu anymore. I'm telling you, I want the fish and chips. Why do you still want to pass me the menu and say, this is my today's... Uh, upsell, upsell. Yeah, yeah <laughs> this is the seasonal, blah, blah. Is that, that upsell? Get, get me this. We, we talk later, right? So, so... It's important in that case not to measure by the total number of minutes of demonstrations, total demonstrations that is done. But hey, I can tell he's interested. Shall we get an appointment? What's your email? Send the email immediately. You score two. Mm. You score two. So uh, marketing is experimental. Marketing is creative. And marketing requires us to be uh, very, I think the American saying is quick on our feet. You need to be very quick. So once you identify, you have to score, you have to take, and you have to go. That's that's how I think about it. Of course, that's the long-term play. Content mm. is a long-term play, okay? Mm. You're not going to like write a super content that uh, allows you to earn 5000 a month. I was like, ah, I have enough of those stories. I know it doesn't work. I was like, I'll roll my eyes. I, I've spoken for too long. Peace. Carry on. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I that's, that's good, good because... um. I think uh, I, I like what you said, Aldrich. You said open-minded, um, but as a marketer, you also have to come in with an upfront agreement and educate, you know, the people, right? Um, because I think, Shao, you mentioned that a lot of times they come in um, where they try to 
overpower you or think mm-hmm. that they know more knowledge, mm-hmm. right? So I think in a way, you know, through my experience, you almost have to put them back in their place. Yes. And I think as a marketer, it's okay to be very straightforward. Like I am for like throughout the years now, I am very blunt with my clients, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think if when you've done it enough, you know, which accounts that come to you will succeed and which one will not. Yeah. And Hmm. during the earlier in my career, I took them anyway because I needed to eat, (laughs) you know, but now I I would say sometimes Mm -hmm. I pick and choose. It's a lot like dating. Yeah. Right. Uh, You know, it's a mutual partnership. You know, marketing requires both parties. Yeah. It can't be just, oh, the marketer or Mm -hmm. just the business owner. And so it requires like the perfect storm for it to work. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times, you know, it's as important for the marketer to identify, mm-hmm. hey, should we take their money if we know they're going to fail? Exactly. Because on the long run, that's not a business decision for yourself. And mm-hmm. you are taking on failing clients that you know they're going to fail. And it's not your fault. Yep. And, because um, a lot of times, especially in Jeremy's role, you mentioned like, you know, you, most of the time you probably know your product, <laughs> your marketing. Mm. Right. Mm. Um, you know, the way it's the company's ran, right? Yep. Mm. It, it's a lot of things, especially working with, you know, if someone identify themselves as an enterprise, even if they're not a large corporation, enterprises do have a way of doing things for each organization within. And if you know that workflow is not going to work for how you work and how you foresee it to happen, it is going to be a toxic relationship, even if both of you might have the workflow working perfectly fine for yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, it, it goes back to, it goes back to the, the objectives of the, uh, of the marketing, um, mm-hmm. campaign, tactic, platform, whatever that is, because marketing serves different purposes. Um, although end of the day, what you're trying to do is to get, um, commercial success for the organization you're mm-hmm. marketing, but there are still many different ways to to skin a cat and you have different objectives there could be marketing uh campaigns that are not out to measure anything except small impressions Mm -hmm. or engagements or you will just want to educate people or bring up awareness of your brand name of your new product etc etc how do you measure those yes you can measure by number uh, number of people who have heard your name you can Uh do a survey or have you seen this ad and that kind of thing um but does that bring you commercial success mm-hmm. may not right so yeah. so so you as an agency right for 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 CL and kevin right i think that you, you talk about uh you know that the customer is going to fail right mm-hmm. because of what they think they're going to do with the money but on your side if the cu- customer gives you the kpis to measure your mm-hmm. execution you you could meet them yeah you could meet them but but internally their goals could still fail Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Yep. So that's when that's when you gotta decide. I know I can meet these goals. Do I take the money knowing that I can meet these goals because it was set in a not a good way or the customer doesn't know? Mm-hmm. I know I can meet this goal and as an agency, I can sleep in peace because I know I made the money and I, I I've done what you asked me to do. But mm-hmm. but at the back of your head, you know it's gonna fail overall for the organization. And that's exactly. when you decide. Yeah. That's when you're gonna decide whether you're gonna take the money or not. I think that's that's the tough one to, to decide. Yeah, that's yeah? Uh, that's a very ethical question we always have to ask ourselves. Is meeting numbers is not difficult. Meeting numbers when you know your client came to you with the wrong set of numbers. <laughs> mm. <laughs> the wrong yeah. KPIs, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because and, and they have goes... this misconception that you can you cannot meet this number. <laughs> exactly. And you know, by crushing these misconceptions, education is going to happen regardless, but more so it's for us from a business standpoint to establish that respect between the client and the agency, because we have to, like Kevin was saying, we have to put you back in your place if we're going to build a working relationship that both parties could succeed. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it goes back to, um, you mentioned um, the second misconception, right? This is a good place to lean into that or um, when we talk about going viral, right? Mm-hmm. A, fire, a viral post doesn't amount to anything commercial. It doesn't mean money in the bank. And I think a lot of people think, even you know, Eldrick can probably attest to this, uh, a medium post with a lot of readership 
doesn't mm-hmm. make him millions of dollars, you know? Maybe <laughs> so, that's... Like, I think, know. <laughs> maybe, yes. Millions. does pay you, though. <laughs> and that's pre-tax. Yep. Pre-tax. And so, like, Americans have 30% withholding tax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, like, so, there's this yeah. misconception, like, even a lot of people who go viral on a monthly basis, right, on social media, does not mean they don't live at their parents' house or, or in an apartment, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, they might be still struggling. So, exactly. like, a lot of businesses see that and they want their campaign to go viral. And in return, they think being virality means um, more money. You know, but the truth is, uh, going viral, depending on where it goes viral, um, it might not even be your target audience, right? It just create more eyes on your brand. Uh Example, I mean, Wendy's went viral a lot, but they're still trying to catch McDonald's. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know. And I always joke, like, if I want to trace, taste that viral status, I should just live stream my rabbit hitting each other every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think that works for Instagram Live, though. Instagram has become a, uh, what was that terminology that I've heard recently? Like, uh, influencers, uh, uh, Instagram has become like a zoo. Uh, Animals go viral. And then it's like, oh, like, I think TikTok has been pretty zooey, too. (laughs) Is it TikTok I watch? I think it's China. There's a Chinese influencer, and it's like little babies come out, like, what? Have you seen it? Like oh, little so, dog so babies, little chicken oh. babies. What? Like my kids watch it. Oh my god! So, like giving birth, so, and they just come out like one after so, the other. So TikTok has become National Geographic all of a sudden. <laughs> or Discovery page. Discovery Channel. Oh my god! Ah. Oh. And I mean, look at TikTok. I mean, TikTok was very easy to go viral, and I remember. It went, there was a time, I would say, maybe just five, six months ago, where everyone's talking about, oh, you should move all your social media to TikTok mm-hmm. because TikTok gets better engagement, you go viral. I mean, how many of the influencers are TikTok yeah. are truly making a living? Exactly. Well, you know, that sounded very familiar because when Clubhouse first came out, everyone was like, ditch LinkedIn and everything else. You should all just go to Clubhouse. Yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah, didn't yeah. happen yeah, yeah. That there's i read that's like a saying in in china where you know live stream live stream yeah. live streaming is big in china right mm-hmm. and i think i read some influencers saying that there's a common saying in china that 94 percent of live streamers in china yeah. are not are not cutting it you know four percent four percent can can uh make a living make yeah. just make a living yeah but just it's the only the one percent is the only one percent that's making huge tons of money Mm-hmm. And and that gives you a very uh, a wrong sense of uh, you know people chasing you know for money or for whatever it is. I should yeah. do live sales. Yeah, I'm going to be successful as so and so. But no, it's mm-hmm. it's it just doesn't happen for the large majority. And you're yeah, talking about the ninety plus percent, right? Yeah. If you take that as a gauge, I mean, how many people are really actually going to go viral? Number one mm-hmm. and number two. And if even when you are viral, how many people are going to be able to enjoy commercial success after they are being viral? After exactly. they they gone viral, yeah. is another huge question mark. Whether you can capitalize on that, is 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 the challenge. Mm-hmm. Which the brings challenge. us back to what Kevin mentioned earlier: is you know you see everyone seems to be doing great on social media, but are they really doing great? That's the question to ask yourself. Maybe maybe you should do a, a social experiment. Let's start posting on social uh, media and say, "Oh, I'm very mediocre. This is the mediocre <laughs> thing I did." <laughs> Nobody do that. does that, right? Nobody does that, right? There was a period in time where I think Kevin picked it. Uh, was it was a trend it earlier this year? No, everyone was writing stories about uh, their vulnerability, mental health. Yeah, yeah. My boss. Oh my god! It's it's don't don't start it. So things move in cycles, and and <laughs> yeah. and, and when when that picked out and everyone gets sick of it, yeah. Yeah. Positivity came back again, right? Ah, I can do this. Cringe. I can do this. Ah, it's like, it's like, you know, okay, what I'm proposing. What's going on right now, Eldrick, from your, what are you seeing right now? On, the trend, on the, the trend. What cycle are we in? What, what, cycle what wave are we? shall we ride? 
what wave shall we ride? <laughs> no, now, now, uh, now the the algorithms favor images. <laughs> I, I guarantee like, you. Uh, LinkedIn post, guys. Test, forget about that. Test it. I guarantee you. It's you true. write the same text. Hey, there's the one text. thing that's consistent though. One thing. Uh huh. Mm. Food pics, pictures of your food. <laughs> I yeah. thought about it on LinkedIn. I'm just going to take pictures on my lunch every day because it doesn't take as much work for me. So I just post my lunch every day. That's evergreen. That's evergreen. Food is evergreen. It, it is. Uh, it is. But, but what I'm trying oh, to say is that try, try a pure text post. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe in your second or third post, take that post exactly, copy and paste but you insert an image, either a selfie or you're doing something or something relevant. A-B testing, A-B testing. Watch, <laughs> just watch. You know, people look at the image and, oh, give you a, give you a something, a comment. So, oh so it has become, uh, so, so it's, it's still a very Instagram thing, you know, like, ah, oh, you know, if you show your face, people are like, oh, that's a real person. Ah, give you a, I don't know. Not a bot, not a bot. <laughs> It's just so like okay, yeah, but I'm not I'm I'm no longer that impressionable uh, to be honest. Impressionable. <laughs> Since when have you been? Since when have you been? No longer that impressionable. Yeah, you can test it. Just test it. It's like doesn't make sense. Oh, man. <laughs> it's true though. I mean. Uh, you see the algorithm, and I see it on LinkedIn too, right? Used to, it was the long-form text content. Now you post that, you get maybe four or five thumbs up, and then um, you mm -hmm. take a picture of, you know, me eating or out and about, and it's like 40, <laughs> you know, people yeah. commenting, you know. But, you know, yeah, social but... media goes through phases, and um, yeah. people, that's where marketers come in, right? Because mm -hmm. we're able to identify the trends, be able to kind of know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that's why business owners and a lot of times um, executives, if they're not in the trenches of the trends and aware of what's going on, mm -hmm. it changes so fast. Like right now, if you're a company and you're jumping on TikTok, it's no different than jumping on Instagram, exactly. <laughs> you know, or anywhere else because you've already really? lost that traction, right? So. <laughs> So it goes through trends and you have to just identify. And it goes back to what we said earlier. It depends mm -hmm. on you as a brand, what, who you're marketing, you know, like if I was to market Eldrick, I probably would not put him on TikTok. you know, I'll, I'll be <laughs> it will be a popular. fail. Yeah. <laughs> there will not be any return. It's still can be monetized, right? Because you have an exact case study to show how exactly not to do it in five steps. <laughs> just to monetize it if you're practical enough. <laughs> your your TikTok your your TikTok for Audrey would be the uh, TikTok video of Audrey uh, sitting in front of the desk and the computer and writing the article. That would be the entire TikTok. And you can you can uh you can turn it into an ASMR or you can just hear like the thing is this right. The thing is this, right? You, you do not know you do not know what goes viral. It's just so unpredictable, right? I, I mean, the weirdest things go go viral. Like I know I, I read before, like some guy put a video of him sleeping for eight hours and people just watching him sleeping. Uh -huh. That goes viral. What? So it's so unpredictable. The point is, going viral is one thing, but whether it it means uh, a commercial success is another question. Uh -huh. Yeah, don't chase the numbers. Don't chase the numbers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's just my point. <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah, I so, can imagine so, when you so, ask for budget, it's always very difficult because of the way you think. I, 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 I no longer ask for budget. I ask for the budget to be fixed and not cut anymore. <laughs> it's like, what, you're going to cut another 10%? I'm going to rebuild the plan again and see what takes out. And then it happens again and again. And I'll, I'll just give me a number and stick with it. I no longer ask for budget. <laughs> I just ask for it not to be cut multiple times so that I don't have to build a plan multiple times. That's what really... that's. <laughs> So I think, so Shell, the third point you mentioned was um, like people misunderstand that if you can do marketing for three, four months uh -huh. instead of a long term, it's a long game, right? Yeah. 
Um, let's go into that a little bit, right? Okay, in order to hire someone to do marketing long mm -hmm. game, it requires budget. It requires money, right? Just like Jeremy said, right? Mm -hmm. So if someone's struggling with their budget, what does that look like? What, what would Me. you all recommend? So if an organization, <laughs> even a bigger organization, if they're not allocating enough budget, right, yep. to the marketing staff or team, what does that look like? What do you recommend? I will. Can, can I just quickly comment on this because yeah. I I need to drop off. My boss is looking for me. We need to yeah. connect before he's gonna call. cut ten more percent. <laughs> I'm gonna lose my job. I I think um I think usually is uh is the budget is critical um but I think the point is that um the num the amount of budget determines what you can do but because of all the tools we have these days and because of the great and wonderful internet. I think there can be a lot of things that are done that may not require that much money. I won't say it's free because it still needs your time and expertise, right? So if you don't have the money, you need to have that time and expertise, yes. right? Right. So for me, because it's more B2B, uh, I sort of can get by without a big budget to do, say, physical trade shows, uh, mm -hmm. without big budget to do um, events. Uh, a lot of things have moved online, right? And I, I do think that webinars are, are, are a good way to connect and engage. Uh, but of course, it still depends on the way you do the webinar because you could have a platform whereby it's just one way. You just, it's just like a lecture. You just tell everyone and nobody can converse with you. Or you can have other things like Zoom whereby it's more interactive. And maybe you don't, you say it as a webinar, but it's more of a chat and you, you share what you have and have the engagement. So I think that's one way to, 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 to get around that you know, not enough budget thing. Um, mm -hmm. Thanks to the pandemic, we have found new ways and people are more accepting towards this kind of session because it used to be that uh, webinars I don't want to see in front of the computer and you know that kind of thing yes. uh, but I think that has shifted a lot and it has in a way given me extra life to uh, extra options to to do things that I can't like mm -hmm. physical trade shows so I mean I saw Aldrich's physical trade show I'm like oh I'm so envious when can I go back to a you know exhibition hall you know and 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 the last time I met anyone uh, a vendor I was dishing out name cards because it's just been a while since I dish out name cards I'm like, oh do you have my card do you have my card it's weird <laughs> Is weird what the pandemic does to you, yeah. So, um, yeah, that 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 will be my 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 take on the budget uh -huh. question. And uh, with that, I I'm really really sorry, guys. I have to drop now. So, um, please please continue, and I'll catch you guys again. Okay. Good luck sorry on your call. Thank Jeremy. you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Gotta go. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Jeremy made a really good point because there used to be this old saying in advertising world called a uh, hundred dumb dollars spent is better than a dollar, a one dollar smart dollar. But that has completely changed, especially with SME marketing nowadays is budget is not everything. You just need to understand what can be expected from the budget you have and know how to properly spend it. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. And I think it comes down to how you spend the budget and mm -hmm. it goes down to, like Jeremy said, uh, the, if you don't have the budget, then you got to put in the work, right? It's so, either money or time. Exactly. Time. Yeah. Yep, it's either or, right? And there has to be a willing body mm -hmm. to put in the work, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so you have to look at both ways, right? Like yeah. I remember when I started my company, I didn't have much budget for marketing uh -huh. and we're an agency, right? Yeah. So what I do, you know, old fashioned way, pick up the phone, call people, yep. you know, knock on doors, go show up at events, network, yep. uh, meet people. Right. And then over time you build a brand, you have some budget, then you can start diving into, Hey, marketing dollars on uh -huh. the internet or running uh -huh. ads or different things like that. Yeah. But uh, that's, on this eight year span, you know, it's not like you don't arrive within four months, five mm -hmm. months, six exactly. months. Yeah. Right. And that's marketing in a nutshell. There's nothing, there's nothing out there. Uh, only if you're handed a silver spoon, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if it's even marketing or sales, you got to invest time. It takes work. I and I think most people today just don't want work. You know, oh, that's kind of true. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, like I have uh, someone talking about. Are you referring about... to the great resignation thing that's happening in the U.S.? 
Yeah, it's, I think it's uh, everywhere. It's I don't think is it real? It's ridiculous. Yes, it is real, Audrey. And oh. it's worse than what you hear online, actually. Really? Yep. It's so the, the, next, the next part of the cycle will be the, the great employment, isn't it? Better I hope so. I sure you. hope so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. As you can sell NFTs. <laughs> But if everyone that. is doing it, your your upside is going to be very low. Yeah. So that's that's got to be practical. Yep. Uh, and yeah, when you that's... think about NFT, NFT comes straight back to marketing, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So being an artist too, right? Shall yeah. you're an artist? So let's talk a little, dive into that a little okay. bit. Okay. Have you done any art within NFT yourself? I'm planning on moving into the NFT space, hopefully mid next year. But that's also because I'm that's because I've done a lot of research and I know how to market it if I treat myself like a client, let's just say that. But at the same time, that came with a lot of footwork, a lot of hard work, because on the art side, I do not have the marketing budget. So it comes down to me asking all our all my clients, media partner, actually, who are very willing and supportive with my art aspects of my career. And I'm asking them for every single introduction I can get, every single featured exhibition I can sneak myself into. And that is the exact same mindset that's often lacking in the art world, because especially with someone who actually went to art school, I'm I'm like, I'm sympathetic that they don't just graduate with a master's in fine art and automatically make money just painting or doing whatever art they do. But that is the mindset that's being trained and it is such a toxic education that made a lot of artists incapable of learning to market themselves. They're either too prideful to do that or too scared or both. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good observation. Yeah, that's interesting. So do you feel the, um, so what have you learned while you're researching NFTs? For NFT, like mm -hmm. NFT art functions of way more like business compared to your traditional art. Mm. It's got, you know, it's got a huge aspect of digital marketing. It's got a huge aspect of networking and outbound sales. Mm. That's so, interesting. You said outbound yeah. sales. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. outbound because of the recurring commission that you can keep going. So as the NFT exchanges mm -hmm. hands, so you can preset it, you can preset your NFT Mm -hmm. um, recommission percentage, let's say 10%, right? Yep. So when your NFT changes hands, as it leaves you and it exchanges hands between the second or third buyer, regardless of the price, 10% of that commission goes to you as the creator. So as each time the NFT exchanges hands, your cash till rings. Mm -hmm. It's a different model. Mm. So what Xiao says is true. In that way, it is very business. It is mm -hmm. uh, a package of sales and marketing. It is. Mm, that's good. And this is the horrible reality is at least 80% of the artists in the NFT scene right now have no idea what a recommission is. Uh, I mean, you have to, they have to choose a platform that uh, makes it exactly uh, conveyancing transparent. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think the research they are doing, yeah, pretty much on point. Yeah. Mm, that's good to know. Yeah, I've been kind of um, reading up on it myself, so it's pretty interesting. Are you going to sell digital art, um, Kevin? No, I'm not good enough. I'm not an <laughs> artist. <laughs> but this is the funny thing, because uh, one of my clients, they make lightsabers. They make competition grade sparring lightsabers. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. Look them up, uh, Twin Star Sabers. It's a really cool company. But... One of the reasons they have me on consulting is because they actually want to get into NFT as a business because they want to monetize tokenization. So you can sell game icon packs, you know, things like that. Hmm, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Aldrich, have you started dabbling in <laughs> NFTs? I have uh, experimented, but I don't bang my life on it. Yeah, I won't. Yeah. No, because, because it's, it's always the case, regardless of what we do. Uh, and, and regardless whether we like it or not, let's face it, everything is a hierarchy. Yes. By the way, it has nothing to do with the political left or right, okay? I'm just saying <laughs> law law of nature, huh? Law of nature. If you hear someone on medium earning a couple of dollars, less than 30000 a month, yeah. 
yep. that's like the top one percent of the one percent because mm-hmm. the 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 top six percent earners sounds good, right? The top six percent earners are writing on medium. But it, yep. So long as you cross one hundred dollars a month pre-tax, you are top six percent. Yep. So people are like, oh, I'm gonna write here because I can earn thirty thousand a month. Uh, like, like, do you? Uh, why don't you try first? Get your your hands dirty, get into exactly. the ring and see if you can wrestle with the bull before you say such things. And you know, before I can even see anything happening, yeah. Where, where, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Yeah, are you gone? <laughs> so, yeah, and, and so how many people realize like writing and publishing on Medium is only step one. You can't a hundred percent just rely on their algorithm. You want that a hundred dollars, you gotta keep pushing your article out yourself. Yeah. And yep. uh, it will be the same for NFTs for sure. Because exactly. now that people know some like Jack Dorsey sold his first tweet as an NFT for how much? Six million? Mm-hmm. People are gonna jump. Like, oh, I'm gonna do that. I'm going to like and yep. tokenize my uh let's say J29 creative group that logo. Yeah. Why don't you try to sell that? Can exactly. you six dollars? Impress me. <laughs> Seriously impress me because I, I I take a look at some very simple numbers. I I try to understand the hierarchical nature of things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're not there yet. So so <laughs> let's let's not let's not talk about such things. And uh, so no, as a as an experiment, yes, I'm not banging my life on it. More so for me to understand what's going on in Web 3.0 and Ethereum and mm, uh, yep. intrinsic digital assets. Mm-hmm. So what, what really caught my attention was the recommission, the, the recommissioning. And I thought that was actually a very smart thing to do mm-hmm. because that has always been the issue for digital assets, right? Content. Like yes. it's mine. I created it. But why is it that I'm only benefiting from the first time sale? So it it sort of the improvements came in uh, with recommissioning, and I was like, "That's what we need. Mm-hmm. That's correct." So I started studying the various ways of the models uh, for myself, of course, for my own ventures mm-hmm. and for my own projects. But I'm not banging on it because I know I'm not. I don't have the time to really be good enough in it. Uh, yeah. So just being very practical about it. Yeah, well, and it, it comes back before we end tonight, right? It comes back to time. Right. Mm-hmm. So all this stuff takes time, right? And marketing as a whole takes time. Yes. You know, uh, marketing, there's never been really any overnight marketing success. Mm-hmm. Even the ones you hear, they've been doing it for a long time. You know, it's just you hear it because they're, they've already arrived. Exactly. You know? So you have to remember as an organization, especially as an SME, uh-huh. you have to put in the work either yeah. yourself or your team you know or an agency or someone has to put in the work and when you hire an agency i think this is a huge mistake too is uh-huh. you have to pay those people in order exactly. to put them to put in the work exactly. so if they you aren't paying them enough to retain them then uh-huh. maybe you have to put in some of the work you yeah. know, and then the agency can work with you and delegate and mm-hmm. see, hey, what part do you want and what part can we consult you on? Exactly. You do the work, right? I exactly. have the expertise, but you got to do it, yep. you know. And so it's, there's always that struggle, like who's going to do the work? And you can't expect when you're an SME to be hands off 100% mm-hmm. because in the world today or yesterday, Yep. Remember, no one works for free. No. <laughs> Especially when so many people are quitting, count your blessings, people are not insanely raising their prices right now. Yep. No one works for free. So if you expect something for free, then man, you're doing I, I, I sense that you have been getting all many many such requests, Kevin. Um <laughs> so so uh my my concluding point for tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to pick on what Xiao mentioned just now on the, the marketing um, budget. Okay. Yep. Uh, such objections are usually very common, uh, mm-hmm. regardless of what you sell. Let's face it, it's a sales objection. Yes. Uh, contextual to marketing, I think uh, paint a bigger picture so that you can have a, a buy-in, but it's not about mm-hmm. clarity. It's instead of marketing, think sales. It's always easier to get uh, your prospect to 
invest in a more resilient sales process yes. than to, mm. oh, you need to buy marketing. So one way that uh, I recently, it came to me, uh, is that you want to develop your marketing prowess, whether it's physical or digital, mm -hmm. such that these marketing assets can do the follow-up on your behalf. Because the industry statistics is it takes five follow-ups to get a freaking sale. Mm -hmm. exactly. And 94% of the salespeople will give up by the third try. Yes. Why? Human nature, we hate it. First, we hate to be rejected. Second, it sucks, right? Hi. <laughs> uh, kind of. so, so instead of you doing it, now think about it. Um, if you don't move, then you need to have uh, assets that move on your behalf. Mm -hmm. So yep. when you do your follow-up emails, whether passive or, or mm -hmm. active, let's say email follow-ups, how then can you utilize your marketing assets to do the follow-up for you? If you have properly qualified your client, you know what their pain points are, mm -hmm. send them the marketing assets of your company that directly addresses their pain point. Mm -hmm. Let your content do the follow-up for you instead of you doing the follow-up for you. Mm. Now, if you paint that bigger picture, you well, you well in your marketing prowess into your entire sales process, Mm -hmm. people listen because then people be thinking ah it's a value creation and it's uh, on the revenue side of things now okay it's a different mm -hmm. perspective let's see because it's true and uh, this the issue of follow-up has always been a perennial issue and that yes. a lot of people will, will simply drop out and, and let's say if all of us if we do our side hustles if we do our projects that we hate to do follow-up because one you never know what's going to happen Two, God knows what other objections is going to throw in your way and you know, you're, you're so frustrated you don't end the day well. So yeah. uh, I would say that marketing is a, it will be good for that perspective. Mm -hmm. that's, that's my thoughts. Hmm. So before we end tonight, Shao, what's the best way to follow you and what's, from your experience, what's a golden nugget that you can give to our audience? Well, to follow me, all things actually everything in business and art is on my LinkedIn art only is on my Instagram at Xiao Chinese art, but LinkedIn is definitely my most active platform. So anyone who wants to connect with me, feel free to just send me a request here. Do not pitch me. <laughs> <laughs> how do I find you again on LinkedIn? Yeah, LinkedIn. No, how, how do I find you on LinkedIn? Uh, my full name is Xiao Falia de Cunha. So you can probably see me under the live. Okay, tonight. got it. Yep. Got it. Got it. So I'll keep an eye open for that connection request. Golden Nugget, it really is like what Audrey said at the very beginning, understand what you want to accomplish because without having a clearance around that, there is no marketing or planning or strategy or whatsoever. And you will end up just wasting your money because you can't even have your mind fixed on what you really want to do. That's good. Identifying where you're going. Yeah. So, um, you can't have a journey if you don't know where the end point is. Exactly. So, you can still have a journey. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a journey. You just will never one. arrive at a destination, right? Because yeah. there's no destination. Yeah. So. And, and, and don't get me wrong about when, when I say that. I think that is still respectable. Because mm -hmm. if you don't... Simple, huh? If you don't know where you want to go in life, mm -hmm. first thing, move. Because yes. as you move, you find out more, find and then you'll be like, "Oh, geez, actually, I can do that. Oh, wow, this interests me." So you you refine. So I do think that there are times when mm -hmm. there are no destinations. It's it can be better, but yeah. when you are in the exploratory mode, okay, not when there's something there's something that you have to do, and then there's already a destination, but you are <laughs> going in circles and you are not meeting yeah. it. Okay. When you're, when you're running a business, you know, visualize some sort of accomplishment so you can figure out the rest. Exactly. Yeah. So, well, thank you for joining our show tonight. And it was good to catch up. So it was so good. Hopefully we get to hang out when I come visit. I'm going to yeah. be back the weekend 16th through the 19th. So let's okay. try to get together. 16th through 19th. Yep. Sounds good. Yeah. Let me know for sure. I so, will. All right. I'll talk to you later, Aldrich, and thank you, you everyone okay. for joining our show. Next week, we'll see ya. Yay! Bottoms up. <laughs> Bottoms up. We need our drinks. <laughs>